0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Awabakal, Darug and Eora people.
1: I am honoured to declare the 2023 Pacific Games open! (laughs) The Pacific
0: Games are in many ways a mini Olympics. Except, you know, it's just for people around the Pacific. Fans and athletes are focused on one thing, getting gold for their country. The event is quite incredible, incorporating traditional cultural dances of all participating nations into the opening ceremony. The 2023 host city is Honiara, the capital of the Solomon Islands. At the opening ceremony, Solomon's Prime Minister Manasseh Sogavare was very keen to thank the countries that helped with the Games, starting with... The People's Republic of China, our largest donor for the 2023 Pacific Games. Just as interestingly, he didn't mention... Saudi Arabia. No, not them. Australia. No, not them. Well, obviously, he's not going to say it, so I will. Taiwan. See, China, as in mainland China, is using cash to try and shore up support in key parts of the world, including the Pacific. In Honiara, that's come in the form of the Pacific Games precinct. They built most of the venues. But they're not alone in terms of their interest in Solomon Islands. Like the geopolitical version of The Bachelor, China, Taiwan, Australia and the United States are all trying desperately to win Honiara's heart. This tussle has caused panic in Taipei and Canberra, anger in Beijing and Washington, and actual violence in the Solomons. It's hard to think of a more perfect example of trouble in paradise. I'm Matt Bevan, and this is If You're Listening. In June 2021, the premier of the Solomon Islands province of Malaita felt unwell. Daniel Suidani had only just got into politics. He'd spent his early career as a teacher.
1: I am a teacher by provision in the elementary school before I become the member of the provincial assembly.
0: But Daniel Suidani's doctors had bad news. They
1: suspected that he may have brain cancer. They told me that I need to go and have a CT scan uh, to find out what's happening in my brain.
0: The closest CT scanner to Melita is in Brisbane. And it's not cheap to access without an Australian Medicare
1: card. The charges of that test is huge. Uh, it's about 122000 Australian dollars. So it's really difficult for me.
0: And so his staff contacted the Solomon Islands Prime Minister. Perhaps the nation's government could help out the premier of their most populous province. Why yes, of course, the money would come. But just one... Small condition. The Premier would need to shake the Prime Minister's hand. And Daniel Suidani said, absolutely not. The events that followed
1: were extraordinary. Unrest and defiance on the streets of Honiara. Now we have uh, buildings burning down uh, at both ends of
0: the, the town. And it led to an international diplomatic clash.
1: The Solomon Islands Chinese community bearing the brunt of the fury.
0: So why wouldn't Daniel Suedani, a man who desperately needed help, shake the Prime Minister's hand? Well, it's because the Prime Minister was aligned with China. And Daniel Suedani had become a symbol of resistance to China's influence
1: in the Pacific. Okay, let's take a step back. The problem of this ethnic tensions is rooted in the history of this country.
0: See, Malaita, the island Daniel Suedani led, is not like the rest of the Solomon Islands. The pristine island of Malaita is just a short journey from the capital of Solomon Islands, Honiara. But Malaitan people see their culture as vastly different and so does their premier. The Malaitans are famous for their bamboo flutes. They make their own shell currency and it's still used for certain ceremonial trades for dowries and for compensation. Compensation is a big part of Melitan culture. Wrongs must be righted with a payment of a fine in shell money. Now I'm calling them Melitans, but that's a relatively recent concept. Despite it being the most populous island in the country, the people there haven't always seen themselves as a single unit. On Melita, an island small enough that you could jet ski around it in an afternoon, there are a dozen separate cultural groups, with languages different enough that Southerners can't understand Northerners. The Mellitons violently resisted colonisation by the British Empire and conversion to Christianity, which led to an appalling international stereotype of Mellitons as monstrous savages.
1: He wears but few and scanty clothes, he wears a ring right through his nose, and he wears rings on his ears and toes, the king of the cannibal isle. Once
0: contact was made, thousands of Malighton men were lured onto ships, or if they
1: couldn't be lured... Then they would round them up, round them up with a gun, and then bring them to Queensland. And there, of course, as you know, they were used as slave labour on the sugarcane plantations.
0: In Queensland, Australia, Malightons started to realise they had a lot in common. For the first time, they saw themselves not as members of unconnected island tribes, but as a single group. Then, in the early 1940s, they witnessed something which must have looked to them like the end of the world.
1: The dark cloud of Japanese aggression was spreading unchecked. In
0: 1942, Japan captured the Solomon Islands. Around here was one of the most strategically important pieces of land to Australia in the entire Pacific. The Japanese Navy built an airbase on the island of Guadalcanal, visible across a 55 kilometer wide stretch of water from Malaita. If you look at a map of shipping traffic, it's pretty clear what was going on here. The shipping routes connecting eastern Australia and New Zealand to the rest of the world go past the Solomon Islands. A base there would put both Australia and New Zealand at risk of a blockade.
1: The Japanese were building a strategic airbase from which
0: to cut off the supply lines to Australia. This is where the Allies decided that they would start their fight back against the Japanese.
1: The Allied plan was to wrest these important
0: islands one by one from entrenched Japanese soldiers and Marines. The battle was apocalyptic. In eight
1: months of jungle skirmish, aerial combat and massive
0: confrontations at sea, Japanese and Americans fought for Gordal Canal on bare
1: ridges and in jungle valleys, they fought the new kind of war.
0: 30,000 men were killed, 50 ships and 1,500 planes were destroyed.
1: So many ships were sunk off Guadalcanal that the stretch of water is now called Iron Bottom Sound.
0: As Guadalcanal was torn apart, the people of Malaita watched the horrific battle from their island, essentially untouched. After winning the battle, the American Marines took control of the air base on Guadalcanal. They built a modern, western-style town around the base to house their personnel, and they named it Honiara. It was a nice place, the Queen visited and everything.
1: The British Solomons are sometimes called the Happy Isles, and certainly the people of the Protectorate seemed cheerful enough, living at a leisurely pace that would be the envy of most Australians.
0: And in the late 70s, it was to Honiara that an obscure royal named Prince Richard was sent to give an awkward speech in Pidgin English, relinquishing British control over the islands.
1: Country belong you, fellow, Hemi grow up. And Queen, Hemi want him, every something belong you, fellow.
0: Tensions between Malaita and Guadalcanal have been high ever since political control was centralised there in Honiara. Now, as a newly independent country, they needed to make a tough decision. Where were they going to build their embassy in China? Do you want to build it in Beijing? Beijing? recognising the Chinese Communist Party as the legitimate rulers of China, or do you want to build it in Taiwan and recognise the nationalist government in Taipei? They picked Taiwan. The Solomons is one of only 25 countries that still have formal diplomatic relations with Taiwan. But they tried to make it clear that they didn't have any particular beef with Beijing and were happy to trade with the mainland Chinese. China was interested in the well-being of the country as there was a small but significant population of Chinese people in Honiara.
1: Most of the shops in Honiara are in Chinese hands.
0: This Chinese population has often found itself at the epicentre when violence breaks out between Malaita and Guadalcanal. Fighting is escalating on the main island between residents of Guadalcanal and those who've arrived from the nearby island of Malaita. And China has called on Australia and other Pacific countries to offer more protection to the island nation's Chinese community. Australia has repeatedly sent troops and police to the Solomons to keep the peace, and invested massively in supporting the functioning of the Solomons' government. That investment has made Australia by far the Solomon Islands' biggest donor. Next was New Zealand, then Japan, then Taiwan. China, though they traded heavily with the Solomon Islands, didn't invest anything. Pacific Island countries that did recognise the government in Beijing got quite a lot of investment from that government. So four years ago, the Solomons Prime Minister Manasseh Sogavare decided it was time they got a piece of that action. In 2019, Sogavari was given a massive greeting when he arrived in Beijing.
1: So my government and, and people have chosen to be on the right side of history.
0: While he was in China, he was interviewed by Chinese state television. He had decided to close their embassy in Taiwan and open one in Beijing.
1: It is a very, very important decision. It uh, took us 36 years to make. <laughs>
0: Within days, a $74 million deal had been struck for China to build the sporting precinct for the Pacific Games. Chinese companies immediately started probing the provincial governments, looking for opportunities. China Forestry Group, a state-owned enterprise, is in talks to buy the plantation. But for a forestry group, they sure were asking some weird questions. A Chinese delegation pointedly asked, how deep's the water? And how long's the wharf? We're told they paid almost no attention to the trees. Some cynics raised concerns that the investment attention the Solomon Islands was getting was a pretext for setting up naval and air bases. Which brings us back to the decidedly anti-China Premier of Malaita, Daniel Suadani. In 2019, when this deal was signed, Premier Suadani was very new to politics.
1: I was voted in as a member of the provincial assembly and become the premier as well that same year, 2019.
0: His province had benefited from a lot of development aid from Taiwan. It made sense, they were the most populous island. But Beijing wasn't offering to replace the support Taiwan had given to Malaita. They were building stadiums in Honiara. Suidani immediately started campaigning for diplomatic relations to be
1: reopened with Taiwan. We have signed a communique that we don't allow any Chinese companies to involve in projects in Malaita.
0: In the following two years, he accepted aid from Taiwan during COVID lockdowns, organised an independence referendum, and then accepted Taiwan's offer of flights and treatment when he was diagnosed with suspected brain cancer. Every one of these moves infuriated Honiara and Beijing. When he returned from Taiwan after five months of medical treatment, he received a hero's welcome to an island angry about how they were being treated. Militans decided to make that clear to the central government and crossed the strait to the capital. Buildings, including part of the National Parliament, a police station and shops in Chinatown, were set on fire. Honiara's Chinatown was burned to the ground. Allegations were made in Parliament that the Prime Minister was being bribed by China. He is in the service of a foreign power. Prime Minister Sogavare reacted with fury.
1: The whole thing is about the leader of the opposition and who else on the other side of the House wanting to be Prime Minister. That's what it is!
0: Sogavare said the protesters from Malaita had been hoodwinked by their premier.
1: The innocent people of Malaita have been lied to by these agents of Taiwan. Three
0: months later, a furious Sogavare dialed up his country's relationship with China to the next level. China wanted to be able to send in troops and police, ostensibly to protect Chinese expats. Sogavare... Accepted Revelations of a security pact being drawn up between Beijing and Honiara, allowing a possible military presence, have startled Australian officials and allies. The effect of this agreement, allowing Chinese police and troops to come into Solomon Islands to keep the peace, is hard to overstate. Canberra went into a panic. Minister for the Pacific, Zed Seselja made a diplomatic dash to Honiara this week. Washington oscillated rapidly between shock and disappointment. Their attitude was, didn't we leave Australia in charge of this? American diplomatic reinforcements arrive in the Pacific. As the Solomon Islands knows better than most, an intervention by Team America doesn't always have the desired effect. The US directed millions of dollars into Malaita in a move some interpreted as an attempt to prop up the anti-China Premier Suedani and undermine the pro-China Prime Minister Sogavare. Since then, things haven't calmed down all that much. Daniel Suedani was sacked. Honiara declared him ineligible to sit in the Provincial Assembly because his anti-China campaigning conflicted with the policy of the Sogavare government. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Sogavare altered the constitution to delay the next national election in a move the opposition alleged was an attempt to cling on to
1: power. This, sir, sets a bad precedent, Mm. and bad decisions come from bad intentions. We cannot successfully host the National General Elections
0: and the Pacific Games in the same year. The election will be held in early 2024. For now, the attention is on the Games. The stadium, built by China... On the marshland, where the Battle of Guadalcanal raged in 1941, is the largest building in the country. The country that we can see on the Pacific Games coverage does look like what you imagine when you think of the Solomon Islands nickname, the Happy Isles. It's a country that's had its share of unhappiness, though, almost entirely caused by foreigners who see it as little more than a strategically important patch of land in the vast Pacific Ocean. Hopefully, at some point, the regional superpowers will look on Solomon Islanders the way that the athletes at the Games do. As competitors, as friends, and as equals. If you're listening, it's written by me, Matt Bevan. Supervising producer is Yasmin Parry. Next week, you're probably aware of ChatGPT the AI chatbot that every teenager uses to do their homework these days. Well, the CEO of the company which created ChatGPT was suddenly fired in the last few days, leaving some to speculate about whether it has something to do with the safety of their artificial intelligence Did he stray too far from the company's goal of creating an artificial superintelligence that is safe and won't destroy or enslave humanity? And is enough being done to stop the AI apocalypse? I'll catch you next week.